Are you an ambitious, driven entrepreneur starting to feel overwhelmed, maybe a little trapped by your business? Well, I have a solution for you. It is the five-day bottleneck to breakthrough challenge, where in an hour a day, we will give you the roadmap, the blueprint, the treasure map to where you can find yourself with more free time, more freedom of money, and a more valuable business. Hope to see you soon www.bottlenecktobreakthrough.com Hello and welcome to The Real Bottom Line. Today we're talking about podcasting and photography. Yes, they go together. And we're going to talk about how you can build your brand, your reach, and your audience from that. My guest today is Brad Walsh. He is the CEO of Empowerography. It's a top 3% podcast in the world, and I can't wait to hear how he got there. This is The Real Bottom Line, where we tell entrepreneurial stories about true grit and perseverance from frontline business owners themselves. Now, let's get started. Hello and welcome to The Real Bottom Line. Today, we're talking about podcasting and photography. Yes, they go together. And we're going to talk about how you can build your brand, your reach, and your audience from that. My guest today is Brad Walsh. He is the CEO of Empowerography. It's a top 3% podcast in the world, and I can't wait to hear how he got there. Welcome, Brad. Wendy, thank you so very much for giving me this opportunity to be here on your platform and share a little bit about my journey into the world of podcasting, photography, all of the things entrepreneurship. I appreciate this opportunity. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you. Well, thank you, Brad. So yeah, you talked about how, what was your journey into entrepreneurship? How long have you been here? Six years this month, actually, come to oh, think well, of it. Six years on the, thank you, six years on the 27th of this month, actually. Okay. Um, I worked in corporate for 12 and a half years at an accounting firm at as an audiovisual technician. And I would say the last five or six years of my career, my corporate career, were miserable. Actually, I was I was not happy. I I hated getting up and going to work every day. I was just not in a good place. I just didn't enjoy it. I spent my days at work. Yes, I did my work, but I was constantly thinking about making the jump to entrepreneurship and starting my photography business full time. I had been doing it part time, but. I was daydreaming. I found myself daydreaming about jumping in full time. And so the point came where it's like, I talked to my wife and we we had the discussion and she could see that I was miserable and mm -hmm. we decided, okay, let's, let's do this. And I had her support and leapt into the world of photography. Now it was scary as hell, of mm. course, because jumping from the comfort of corporate and benefits and a steady paycheck and all of that into the unknown, which of course is scary for anybody. Um, it took a little while for me to build up the courage to actually hand in that letter of resignation. I can remember probably for about a month before um, handing that letter in, I was going into work and I, I was, I, my stomach was physically turned. Like I was sick to my stomach every morning going in on the subway because of the nerves and okay, is today the day? Is today the day? No. And then it was funny because things just kept coming up. Yeah. No, uh, my boss would be away the day that I planned to do it or something came up that I couldn't do it that day. But when I finally did it, when I finally sat down with him, I handed him that letter and he said to me, he said, I knew this was coming. I said, I could tell, I know you're not happy here. He said, I knew this was coming at some point. 
And he was really good about it, actually. And what ended up happening, I gave them, I think I gave them about a month's notice. And they're around three weeks, I can't remember. But what ended up happening is because I was the photographer, photography was part of my job as an AV tech, I was doing the headshots for the firm. So what they did for me was they brought me on as a contractor to continue doing the headshots afterwards. So that gave me a little boost, which was great for my business. So for about, I think it was August, September, October, till about November. So I had about three or four months worth of work through them. Um, And then they got to the point where it's like, oh, wait a minute. We've had this for free for how many years now? Because Brad was doing it when he was working here. Now we're paying for it. It's like, oh man, this is costing a lot more money. Forget it. So they ended my contract because of that. And, but it was nice to get that little cushion and that start for me for the business. So it was really well, it worked out really well. It was great. Mm. Was there, so the trepidation to hand in the letter, but was there one, was, what was the turning point that made you say, I'm actually going to do it? Was it, was it a particular incident or it was just that your frustration and unhappiness had reached a certain point that it, it was, it was just the frustration and the unhappiness reached a certain point. I just, you know, negativity breeds negativity. So me being in that space, I could see that it was affecting, like I got put on a performance improvement program at work because I was just, I just not happy. I just did not like my job at all. I didn't get along with my boss that well either. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just thought, you know what, I can't continue this way. I'm miserable. I dreaded getting up in the morning and going to work. I was I would come home in a, in a pissed off mood and it just, it, it seeped into important to every other area of my life. And I just couldn't continue that way. So I decided enough's enough. I have to do this and I have to hand in this letter. Yeah. So six years in now, you know, Mm -hmm. you've been doing photography and podcasting and we'll dig into Mm -hmm. those a little later, but what do you, what do you know now about being an entrepreneur that you wish you'd known the day you opened your business? Man. Um, Well, for me, I think the biggest hurdle that I faced in the first, and this lasted probably for about almost two years, was the competition mindset. I was stuck in this competition mindset. I was always worried about, I'm not here yet. I'm I'm six months in and look at where I am. I'm nowhere near where I thought I would be. Then you get to the year mark. It's like, I'm nowhere near where I should be because I was comparing myself to other photographers and seeing where they were. And that lasted for about almost two years. It took me a long time to get over that hurdle and to be able to turn the volume down on that. Those inner voices, they plagued me for almost two years. It was it was a rough go. There were so many times where I said to myself, what the hell am I doing? Like, why did I do this? This is crazy. Yeah. You know? Um, and then it just got to a point. I don't know if there was a particular moment or or something in particular that triggered it, but I just thought, you know what? I got to stop this. Otherwise, you know, I'm not, I'm not helping myself. I'm not going to get anywhere. I'm not going to get where I think I should be if I keep doing this to myself. So I got to the point where I said, okay, I can either quit, give up and quit, or mm-hmm. I can push forward and help and learn how to turn the volume down. So I started thinking, I hired a mentor, actually, that was one of the first things I did, hired a mentor, and he helped me through that. I had a couple of mentors along the way, actually, in the photography business. And I got to the point where I said to myself, you know what? My only competition should be me. As long as I can look back on my work and see that I'm improving, look back on my journey and see that I'm progressing. That's all I need to worry about. No one else is me. 
No one else sees the way things the way I do. No one else can create an image the way I do. No one else can provide the customer service that I provide because nobody else is me. No one has my eyes. If you gave three photographers the same thing to photograph, you are undoubtedly going to get three different images because we all see things differently. So once I was able to get into that headspace, it was smooth sailing and a weight was lifted off of my shoulders. And it's not to say that I still didn't struggle along the way, of course, because we're human, we're always evolving, we're always growing and stretching and all of the things. And entrepreneurship will stretch you in ways and use muscles you never even knew existed. I think that is probably, entrepreneurship is probably one of the biggest tests you can go through. And it will push you out of your comfort zone like you never knew, but it's so worth it. I love the fact that you reached out and asked for help. Because I think sometimes there's this whole mystique around entrepreneurship that just because we've decided to do it, all of a sudden we know it. And it is a completely different skill set, a serious skill 100%. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you have to know that because we've been conditioned that asking for help is a sign of weakness. It is exactly, in my opinion, it is exactly the opposite. Mm -hmm. Asking for help, being able to admit that you need help is a sign of strength, in my opinion. And we need to be able to ask for help. You're not meant to do this thing called life or this incredible journey of entrepreneurship alone. And you can't do it alone. Mm. You just, you simply cannot. You need support, whether that be moral, financial, all of it, you, you need support. And so it's okay to ask for help. It's a sign of strength, not a sign of weakness. So ignore the conditioning that it's weak to ask for help. It is not. I think you're weak if you don't ask for help. Well, there you go. Contrarian thinking, Brad. I like it. <laughs> um, do you do you currently still have mentors and coaches you work with? No, not right now. At this point, I do not. I am okay. mentor and coach free, but I think that it's a, it's coming up time that I need to to grab, to get myself a coach or a mentor for sure. That's awesome. I've, I've been involved most, almost nonstop for 10 years of having coaches, different ones at different times, but along yeah. the journey. And I, I do find it so helpful to have someone just help me think about my thinking even. Yeah, absolutely. You need that guidance. I mean, we don't know everything mm-hmm. and there are people you, you find the people that are, doing or have done what you want to do, but are just a couple of steps ahead of you in the journey That's right, and they yeah. can help and guide you. That's awesome. And so you in 2020 started a podcast mm-hmm. and it's, it's kind of like you went from visual to auditory. Like it's, it's a complete, <laughs> uh, you know, different uh, sense that you were appealing to. Um, mm-hmm. What made you do that? Is it, the, was the well, pandemic a key thing or? Well, it, it actually I call it a dress rehearsal in 2019. Um, I got to a point in my photography business where it started to feel like the impact wasn't enough. I wasn't having enough of an impact because with the photography, with the boudoir photography in particular, the impact is very individualized. It's just my client and I who experienced the the -hmm. joy in that and, and that transformation. Yes, of course, my client's and the people around them feel the effects of it, but it's not the same thing. I found that the impact wasn't enough. And I started feeling like I wanted to reach more people and I wanted to have more of an impact. So I thought, why don't I take what I'm doing with the photography and turn that into or transplant that into a podcast where I focus the podcast, keeping with the same theme of the photography where it's focused on women. Why don't I create a podcast that's focused solely on women? And of course, at the time, and even now still, I don't know of any men that host a platform that's solely 
highlights and amplifies and elevates women. So on one hand, I thought this is perfect because I can carve out my own little niche. I had heard, of course, I knew nothing about podcasting, nothing at all. And yes, I had my audiovisual background. So that helped definitely in terms of how to use the equipment, how to set it up, editing, all of those things that, that definitely helped me, but I had no clue about podcasting. And I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to jump in and figure it out. I, I, I can do this. I know I can, I'll figure it out. So I ended up reaching out to seven or eight friends of mine, women who were photographers and makeup artists, and I explained what my idea was behind the platform and what I wanted to do with it. And I asked them if they would help me get it off the ground by letting me interview them. Thankfully, they all agreed. So I did the interviews, created the content and was publishing episodes. I think I was public. I had about eight episodes published and, or eight episodes recorded because I'd always heard that you should record multiple episodes so that you have some in the can, so to speak, so that if you can't record one week or two, whatever it is, you have that backup. So I started publishing the episodes. I think I was publishing one every two weeks. And at that same time, the photography business started to pick up traction more and I was getting more inquiries and more bookings. And I thought, well, okay, I left corporate for a reason for this reason. So I've got to get back to that and focus on that. So I shelved the podcast and I focused on the business. And then of course, then this takes us to March of 2020. And this obviously rendered my business inoperable. And I just, I had one of these light bulb moments. I just thought, you know what, this is it. I can, I can focus all of my time and energy on the podcast because I, obviously I can't be shooting. I can't run my business. So I might as well do something. And I was just tired of all the negativity that people were spewing in the media and all over the place. And I wanted nothing to do with it. So I thought this is a great opportunity for me to take advantage of this time of this gift of time that we've all been given. And yes. I can focus all my time and energy on the podcast. So I jumped in and just went full force on it. And I started reaching out to women on Instagram and sharing again, what the idea was behind the platform. And Wendy, the response was just incredible. Women were so happy to hear that a man had created a platform such as this to help elevate women and amplify their voices through sharing their stories that it turned into this thing where the women I was interviewing were said, Brad, I've got a friend, she'd be a great fit for your podcast. Brad, I know someone should be a great guest on your podcast and to where it's grown into what it is now. And it's just been, I just celebrated three years in April of this year of the podcast. And it's been an absolutely incredible journey. That's amazing. Um, Have you... I'm I'm torn of this. So I've never monetized or had advertisers or sponsors. Have you ever right. gone down that route with yours, Brad? Or what do you recommend around that? Um, I've not had any sponsors. I, you know, I've gone back and forth on this. I've thought about it and I've had conversations with other podcasters and talked to other people about it. And what I found is that, that people have said is why would you advertise for someone else when you can advertise your own services? So right. I created commercials about what I was doing when I was publishing, when I'm publishing books, I put, I create a commercial and put that into my podcast episode. I'll drop that in there and promote myself. Why wouldn't I promote myself instead of promoting someone else's business? I'm a photographer. I can promote my photography services. So those are the types of things that I've been doing with, with trying to bring monetization around to the podcast is promoting my services it just it just makes more sense to promote my own stuff. Now, of course, if you don't have anything else that you're doing, then sure. But I would think that most podcasters have some kind of business that they're running as well. So why wouldn't you promote yourself instead of promoting someone else? Are you looking to boost your business value beyond just increasing profit? Introducing the Business Value Amplifier 
a revolutionary 10-week program designed to help you uncover proven methods to enhance your company's worth. Discover how to transition from feeling unsure about maximizing your business value to becoming a savvy operator who deliberately and methodically pulls the levers of value building. With the Business Value Amplifier, you can expect to take control of your business's growth and be intentional about enhancing its value. Whether you're planning to sell or simply want a more vibrant, predictable, and lucrative operation, this program is for you. Don't miss out on this opportunity to amplify your business's value in just 10 weeks. Go to blackstarwealth.com amplify and apply for the Business Value Amplifier today. That's blackstarwealth.com amplify. Your business will thank you. Uh, have you ever had anyone ask you, like, why, why you, Brad? Why are you building a pro- platform for women? Right? Because there's a lot of women doing this, but no man yeah. like that. So why you? Because honestly, Wendy, I can tell you with every fiber of my being and every bit of my heart and soul, this, this work, this, this platform is my purpose here on this planet. Mm. It's my mission. It's why I was put here is to do this work. I mean, it was a, it was a graduated or it's almost like it was just, it, it flowed into one of the, like the photography into the podcast, into the book publishing and the book writing. It, it, it just kind of, it was inevitable that path, they all lead into each other. And honestly, when I think about it, photography, um, writing a, writing a chapter for a book, publishing books, and now the, and the podcast, it's all forms of storytelling. So you're a storyteller. Yeah. It's just, it's just part of who I am. I, I just, it's, it's my purpose. It's why I'm here. And not, I can tell you the podcast, nothing has ever set my soul on fire. Like this work I'm doing with this platform. It is absolutely incredible that I get to speak with and share in all of these women's stories and journeys of their lives, of their stories. And, you know, it is a huge honor for me. And that honor is not lost on me. I know how how privileged or lucky or blessed I am to be able to have the opportunity to sit down with each woman and share in her story and her journey. She's inviting me into that space. She's getting vulnerable with Mm -hmm. me. She's Mm -hmm. allowing me into that space. And I often compare it to we're in a car together. I'm the passenger. The woman who I'm interviewing is, is the driver. And she's taking me along the journey of her life, of her, of, of what she's been through. And she's invited me along for the ride to share in that. And that Wendy is a massive, massive honor. And I feel so privileged that I get to do this. Uh, Yeah. There's a lot of trust there, Brad. There is. I've had women say to me, Brad, I've never shared this with anybody. And that is just, I still, (laughs) I still sometimes have to pinch myself and I get to do this. And women are sharing things with me that they've never shared with any, what an honor that is. It is so huge. And I appreciate each and every one of the women who are part of the platform, who have helped me get here, who have shared their stories with me. And I know Mm -hmm. that none of this, not one bit of it is possible without women like yourself, all of you who are part of the community, who have been on the podcast, who are coming on the podcast, without all of you, Empowerography doesn't even exist. Right. Sure. I came up with the idea for it, but you all have helped me get to where I am today. So it's a group effort. It's a community effort. None of it is possible without all of us. I I, I just love that, you know, and if I 
storytelling is so important. And it feels like that is, if I'm going to tie it to, for business owners, like you have turned your business into a storytelling empire, if you will. Whereas for people like myself as a business owner, um, I should, I need to tell certain stories mm-hmm. for my clients so that they understand, you know, what are the things that, what is possible if they do work with me type stuff. Right. So yeah. when you look at all of the pieces you're doing and as mm-hmm. a business, who should have a podcast? Cause it's not for everybody. No, it's not. Um, you know, I I've thought about this and I've had conversations I was on a podcast a while ago and the podcast that I was on, we were talking afterwards and we both said that if we had to do things differently, if we had to go back and do things differently, because she did things similar to the way I did them, um, I would have, because I didn't get on my first podcast as a guest till about, I would say a year and a half to two years into my podcasting journey. I would, fascinating. I would, I would have done it differently. I would have started out as a guest because I think that that's where we all need to start. We need to learn how to be a guest, how to answer questions, how to respond to questions, mic technique, all of these things, how to, how to story tell, how do you tell your story? You need to learn that. That's a skill you need to learn. Not everyone has that innate skill of storytelling. Now, that's not to say we all have a story to tell. Absolutely. Every, I believe that every single human being on this planet has a story to tell. And I think that it is your duty, your responsibility, your, I don't want to say obligation, but you need to tell that story because someone will be impacted by it. You need to share your story. Just like our gifts. We're all sent here with gifts. Mm. I think that is your duty and your responsibility. And that is an obligation, in my opinion, to share your gifts with the world. You are not to stop or hold back from sharing that gifts because those gifts aren't for you. They're for the rest of the world. Oh, what a fascinating. I actually also believe that one of our gifts are the mistakes and failures and stumbles we've made along the way. Yes. Because I often think I've made so many mistakes and I go, if I can (laughs) save one person from doing that same mistake I made, then that mistake wasn't one. It was a tool for me to teach others. That's right. I agree with you 100%. That's, that's a huge part. Can, I think you can w- learn more from those sometimes, those, yep. those, the gifts of those nature. Yeah, absolutely. You have to be able to, first of all, when those, when those trips, when those step missteps happen, you have to be able to pick yourself up and dust yourself off. You have to, you have to pick yourself up and start again, but you also have to be able to take a step back and look at the situation from an outsider point of view and find the lesson in it, find the silver lining there and learn from it and go forward with that lesson and share that lesson. I think, you know, entrepreneurship, I find too, it gets romanticized and glamorized. Like it's this beautiful, and it is a beautiful thing. It really is. But we don't have the conversations about the other side, especially when you're a solopreneur, it can get very lonely at times. Right. And there are downsides to it. It's not always going to be puppy dogs, rainbows, and ice cream. It's good. There are going to be struggles that you're going to face. There are going to be challenges that you face. As I said, entrepreneurship will stretch you in ways you never even knew you could stretch. So there's going to be lessons along the way, but you have to keep going. 
But I think we need to have the conversation about the other side of it too, because so often it in so with social media, it's just all the good, all the upside of it. And yes, there is a lot of upside, absolutely. But there's also a downside to it too. And we need to talk about that. We need to have the conversations. And I part of me thinks that we should be having these conversations in order to help educate those who are just stepping into entrepreneurship. Now, I've only been in it six years, but if like you just said, uh, Wendy, if you can prevent someone from making or help someone to not make the, some of the same mistakes that you made, why wouldn't we share that? I think that should be part of our responsibility is to share those lessons and those struggles that we've been through to help others so that they don't go through the same things. It's like a, a different version of pay it forward. Yes, exactly. 100%. When we get back to the podcast, I've heard someone yeah. once told me, uh, your first 30 episodes aren't going to be the best. <laughs> you think one of the limits is that sometimes we expect to be able to go in and, and do this, like have a podcast and expect it to be perfect right from the get-go. Is that a, a rate limiting yes. fact that you see out yeah. there? 100%. I mean, I don't, I've never gone back to, to be, if I'm being completely, I've never gone back and listened to my first 10 episodes because I, I know, I just know they're, they're they're terrible. I know it. And that's okay because it's a learning curve. It's a learning process. Like I said, I had never done podcasting before and most of the people who jump in haven't. Yeah. But I think that, that, I think that's a big thing is that people jump into podcasting think and yeah. think, oh man, this is going to be easy. I'm going to record all these episodes and I'm going to make lots of money and I'm going to, my podcast is going to get ranked up here and it's not, it's not that way. That's, it's a falsehood. It, it takes a lot of work. And I think that's part of the reason. There are over 3 million podcasts in the podcasting index. And as far as active podcasts, that number is probably about four to 500,000 that are active. And when I say active podcasts, I mean 10 plus episodes okay. in the podcasting index. So I think that people jump in with the misconception that, I'm going to be famous. I'm going to make all this money. It's going to be easy. They get in and they realize, oh, wait a minute. This is a lot more work than I thought. This isn't as easy as I thought. I, I, I don't have the time for this. And that's a big thing is the time, right? It, it does take up time. You know, you have a podcast. It takes time and it takes work. You have to put in the work to do it. So pod fade, this pod fade thing is real. People get in and jump in and think it's going to be easy. And then by about episode six or seven, it's like, forget it. I can't do this. This is too much. And they yeah. give up. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I think that's real. I, and I think one of the things that made me able to get to where, you know, I think this will end up being like episode 115 to 120, somewhere in there. Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, and I think it's because I had a, I got a team to help me right from the get-go. Right. Right. And I, I noticed that you actually provide some services to podcasters. So do you recommend that people get a team right from the get-go if they can? If they can. Yeah. I mean, I, I still don't have a team and I'm three years in. I do it all right. myself. But you have a skill set. I don't have yes. a skill set. Yeah. 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 If you don't, yeah. I mean, you can find people to edit your podcast on sites like Fiverr and it's not crazy, insane, expensive. So yeah, if you don't have the skill set, nor the the inclination or the wanting to learn, then yeah, definitely you, you there's, you're not going to be able to do it if you don't. So yeah. use sites like Fiverr, you can find people to edit your podcasts and help you with that. Or 
there are other people out there who run businesses to just help manage people's podcasts. So yeah, the services are out there. If you can afford it, then do it. And you really don't want to spend the time doing it, then sure, absolutely. You're going to have to find someone or find people to bring on board with you to help you get to where you want to get to for sure. That's awesome. Um, I'd like to shift gears just a second um, Mm -hmm. and ask you about photography. I, I have jumped wholeheartedly. I've had two or three, at least maybe four branding um, sessions with photographers Mm -hmm. to get my, to get good pictures for all the things I do online, you know, my headshots, all those things. And yet I still see people who don't have pictures or they look, um, you know, Talk about, if you could, the power of mm-hmm. a good photo- a good photograph and why mm-hmm. it might be worth investing in. Oh, it, it is definitely, you have to invest in, that's your, that's your, that's your brand. You are your brand. So if you're taking selfies with your cell phone, with a noisy, busy, crazy background, you're not doing yourself a service. That is your, you, your photograph is your business card. You, you have to invest the money. I'm not saying you don't have to go out and do a branding shoot, but at least invest some money in getting a good headshot. And I think that that headshot should be updated probably every two, two years or so, because obviously we're changing as people and our looks change sometimes and, you know, different haircuts, different things, but it, it, that is your business card. Your headshot is your business card. I can remember when I was focused more on headshots and my photography, I would go through LinkedIn and I'd look at the headshots like, I can't believe you're using that as a headshot. What is wrong with like? Come on, this is your business card. This is you are your brand. You got to look professional. I mean, you look at it. We look at it this way. We have what is it? Three or seven seconds to capture someone's attention, right? Um, so you want to come across as my dad always said. You only get one. You don't get a second chance to make a first impression. So. Yeah. If you're on LinkedIn, especially a place like LinkedIn, that's all business focused. If your headshot is a crappy cell phone selfie, people are just going to scroll right by. You want to capture that person's attention. So at least invest the money in a good professional headshot. It, it will pay you in dividends. I don't think it's a, it has to be as expensive as people think either. No, no. Nope, it's still, not it's going to be a few hundred dollars, but that's yeah. probably the best money you'll spend uh, in this day and age, especially as, you know, I can't remember the last time I actually handed out a business card versus. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, are business cards somewhere. even a thing anymore, Wendy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I still have them. <laughs> However, I will say that the headshot is definitely over two or three years old now on that because I did so it. So it's time for a refresh, Wendy. <laughs> Um, when it comes to all the work you're doing, Brad, um, mm-hmm. what haven't I asked you that you'd love my audience of entrepreneurs to know? I just want, you know, it, it, when I think about my entrepreneurial journey and how miserable I was at work and that I wanted to do this and I kept going in that misery for six years, if there's something you want to do, do not put it off. Really don't. I mean, make it happen. There's Where there's a will, there's a way you can do it believe in yourself, trust in yourself, and most importantly, surround yourself with a, with a good support system. That is absolutely key to any success. You have to surround yourself with the right people who believe in you and hire a mentor if you can. Yeah, it, It's so important. I mean, not everyone starting out in their business can afford that, but put yourself into communities where you can learn Yes, until you can afford a mentor or a coach. 
but don't let anything stop you. Believe in yourself and just go after what you want. Life is short. We're only here for a short time. So if you're, if you've got something that's burning inside you that you want to do in this life, go for it. Don't let anyone or anything stop you. Just go after it because it, believe me, if you take that leap, yeah, it'll be scary, but it will be one of the best things you could do for yourself. That's such great, great words, Brad. Thank you for sharing that. And um, I think the real bottom line here too is in addition to what you just said, it is all about, you have a story to tell. And it is important that you share it. Absolutely. Yes. You you have to share your story and you have to share your gifts 100%. It will resonate with somebody. It will touch someone. It will inspire someone. And like you said, Wendy, if we can help prevent someone from having to go through the same things or same struggles that we went through, why wouldn't we help them? We're all here to do that too. That's part of our journey here is to give back and to help and support each other. So why wouldn't you give back in that way? Thank you for your time today, Brad. And how can people find you? They can connect with me um, on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast. They can connect with me on Facebook at the Empowerography Podcast Lounge, or they can email me at empowerographypodcast at gmail.com. Awesome. Thanks again, Brad. Wendy, thank you so much for this incredible opportunity. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you. I hope you have an amazing day, and I hope that this content resonates for your audience. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Real Bottom Line. This show is produced by Black Star Wealth. Executive producer, Wendy Brookhouse. To learn more about the show or to contact us, go to blackstarwealth.com.